mess in a storm and you feel like you just don't have it in you. Maybe you feel weak, you feel broken down, shaken, persecuted. Maybe I talk too loud. Um, today I want to talk to people who maybe feel God is calling you into something new and you feel like, God, are you picking the right person? God, are you sure that you're picking the right person? Because that's not for me, God. Maybe the fear of the unknown, or maybe you don't feel like you're equipped to do that. So I want to talk to you. Today I want to talk to people who feel like you're in the middle of change or transition, and you feel like the very ground beneath you is shaken. I hope that all three of those things speaks to all of you. So um, basically my point is I'm talking to all of you. This can, this can pinpoint all of you this morning. Um, so I want to give you a few expectations. Number one, I am not Pastor Greg, obviously. I am not a trained preacher. I am going to say names in the Bible very wrong. Um, in fact, I brought my Bible up here for security, but I'll probably read the scripture straight off my notes or off the screen. So I won't even fumble through the Bible, but I promise it's from the Bible. You can check me. Um, so those are things, don't expect me to be perfect. My kids actually asked how many hours I'll take. So, um, I promise it won't take hours. It won't take one hour. Um, so if you're hungry, you can go ahead and make your reservations. Um, <laughs> I also have been very ill this week. Um, in fact, I thought maybe I had COVID-19. I don't though, that's good. Um, so I'm really happy I could be here. I know that the devil fought me on speaking to you this morning. Um, I was, had a hard time even putting this together because I was sick, I was really sick this week. Um, so I knew, though, that I needed to step up, and I needed to be here for this church. Um, this church is very important to me and my family, but more importantly, I'm supposed to be on a plane tomorrow to Florida. That's supposed to be a joke. I know this is more important than going to Florida, but I am happy to be here, and I'm happy to go to Florida tomorrow. I'm standing on two feet, so that's good. Um, so here's the title of my message. It is, It's Not About You. So what does that mean? It's not about you. This title is not to make you feel not important, not important to God. That's not what it's about. You are, of course, important to God, and your feelings are important. And those very things that I was talking about and the things that you're dealing with, whether it's a storm that you feel like you can't handle or a new calling that God's trying to push you into or transition and change in your life, those are very important to God. However, it's going to be essential that you figure out it's not about you. Those things and the things that you're worried about you can't handle are not about you. This title and this statement is actually supposed to make you feel a little lighter this morning. And how, I, how do I mean that? Hopefully I can explain that throughout this short message for you this morning. I hope that it can make you breathe a little lighter. See, when God has called me to do something new or he's trying to push me into something or maybe I'm going through something difficult, I have this dialogue with God, and it sounds a little something like this. God's pushed me into something new, and I'm a little freaked out, and I say something like, God, are you sure? I'm not sure that this is right for me. I don't think I'm strong enough to do that. Are you sure you have the right girl for the job? I mean, you know I'm a mess. I'm so busy, God. I'm not even sure that I did that last task very well. And then I wait to hear from God. I wait to hear his response. In fact, I'm waiting for this ego-boosting response from God. I'm waiting for something a little bit like this. Jenna, sweet, sweet daughter of mine, 
You are so strong. You're so brilliant. You're so intelligent. You've got this. I picked you because I know you are the best one for the job. Go and get it, girl. It's kind of what you hope your husband would say or your friends would say, right? Of course God would say that. Your father's going to say that. But instead, the truth of what God actually says is something like this. Jenna, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about what you have. It's not about what you have to offer. So the truth is, if we're going to be able to pull through a difficult time, fulfill a calling that God has on our life, endure these difficult transitions that we're going through, it is going to be all about what God has on our lives, not because of what we have to offer, not because of the strength that we have, not because of what we are equipped with. If we can truly grasp that, think about what we could take on. Think about what we can offer to the kingdom. But so many times we hold back because we're thinking about what we have to offer and what we can and cannot do. When we finally get that it's not about us, we could then stop worrying about our qualifications, worries about the future, the stress of what we can handle and if we're right for the job. We're so full of excuses of why we can't get things done. And it's so often about what we have to offer. But I'm here to tell you today, it's not about you. So I want to read first, let's look at Jeremiah 1, 4 through 7. I want to talk you through a couple, some of the excuses that we like to use. There's lots of excuses, so I'm just going to talk through a couple. First, let's look at Jeremiah. It says, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am youth. For you shall go to all whom send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So one of the excuses that I want to talk to you about is that we're unqualified. So we may think, I don't have what it takes, I'm not qualified. Maybe it's that we maybe will someday have what it takes. So we think, well, I don't have what it takes, at least not now. Maybe later I'll have what it takes. Some of the excuses, like Jeremiah says, well, I'm not old enough. But maybe some of your excuses were, I'm not educated. So maybe later, maybe after I get that degree, or maybe after I go to Bible college, or maybe I, after I go back to school, maybe I'm too old. Anybody think of that before? Deb, you didn't think that. I'm too quiet. Your family status. I've heard people say, well, I'm not married yet, or I have, I have kids, it's not the season of my life. Your economic status, I'm too poor. So we have all these excuses. For Jeremiah, it was that he's too young. God's answer to Jeremiah's excuse of his qualification was very simple. Here it is in verse 8. In verse 8, he says, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. In other words, God is saying, it's not about you, Jeremiah. 
I'm with you. It has nothing to do with your age. It's not about you. It's not about our education. It's not about our age. God is simply saying, I'm with you. He didn't care anything about Jeremiah's age. He didn't even address it. He didn't say, Jeremiah, it's okay that you're young because blah, blah, blah. He says, I am with you. Here's another example. It's in Judges 11 through 12. It says, now the angel of the Lord came and sat underneath the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash. Now, this is a word I'm not even going to try. We'll just skip it. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. So I want to talk to you for a few minutes about Gideon. This example here, or this excuse that Gideon used, I want to title it that maybe you feel like you don't deserve it. So sometimes we'll shy away from doing what we're supposed to do, maybe what God called us to do, or facing what we need to do because we don't deserve it. Or maybe because of something that happened in our past, or because it's not in our bloodline. My family couldn't do it, I can't do it. See, Gideon was called to deliver the Israelites at a time where they were being punished. They were living in caves. They were hiding. They were desperate for food. They were, in the, they were, they were living under the Midianites for seven years because of the evil that they were living under. Um, in verse 4, it talks about how they didn't have any food or water. We'll read that. Verse 4 says, Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. So Israel, verse 6 says, So Israel was greatly impoverished because the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So they were living in this very desperate time. And God had called Gideon into this great call to deliver the Israelites from the Midian. And it was big. It was really big. And, Mid and Gideon didn't feel like it, that, was a, that was a job for him. He didn't feel like he deserved that. His father himself even had set up this altar to Baal. It was in his bloodline. He, he just, he didn't deserve it because his family even lived in this evil sin. And he goes on to talk about how his, his army was the smallest. I couldn't do it. I don't deserve that. So let's read on to verse 13. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then shall all this have happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in all of Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Now here's the thing. Gideon wasn't even sure that it was the Lord speaking to him through this angel that was there talking to him. So he tested the angel, and he was thinking, Listen, now I know I'm not strong enough to defeat this army on my own. I know I'm not. 
So if this angel is really speaking through the Lord, I need to know this. So he presented an offering. He had meat from a goat. He had unleavened bread. And he had flour and broth in the pot. And verse 20 says, The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on the rock and pour out the broth. And so he did. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand, and he touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord departed out of sight. So Gideon wasn't even sure. He heard this call from the Lord, from this angel, but he was like, I am not going to do this unless I know this is the Lord. So he puts the Lord to a test. He's like, if this is really you, God, I need to know it's you. So the angel says, put this out here, and the fire consumes consumes the meat. So he's like, see, I told you, it's, it's really me. I'm telling you, go and defeat this army. From my might, not from yours. So God's answer to Gideon was much like the answer that he gave to Jeremiah when he presented an excuse. He couldn't eat the call. He says, he doesn't really say this, but in a sense he says, Gideon, it's not about you. Look at this power that I have. Even when you didn't even have faith enough that it was me. Look at this. And he, and he consumes this meat up with the fire. And I love this part. Let's look at verse 24. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there, and the Lord called it, The Lord is peace. I love this because right in the midst of our worry of not being good enough to fulfill God's call, or to get through the battle that's right in front of us, if we could just realize that it's not about us, God can give you the peace that you need to know that it's not about you, and it's all about God, and just help you coast right through it. The Lord is peace, is what he called that. The last example is fear. Fear is another excuse that just pushes us not to do what God's called us to do. So many of us know fear in such an intimate way that it's sickening, right? So fear, fear of the unknown of what God can do through us if we would just submit to him wholly. Wholly submit to everything that he has for us. And so the, the example I have for fear is Moses. Moses had this great calling to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And we know what a great calling that was. Unlike Gideon, though, he knew that it was really God that was speaking to him. I mean, how can you not know it's God when literally this bush is talking, it's on fire, and it's not burning up? So very much, very much like Gideon, he sees this, this fire, but now he knows without a doubt that it's God speaking to him. So Moses did hide his face because he knew it was God, and he can't even look at it. He was afraid to look at God. Let's look at Exodus 3, verse 10. It says, Come now. Therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and that sh this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Once again, when Moses feared his ability to fulfill such a great call of 
the Lord to bring God's people out of Egypt? God's answer was simple. He said, I will be with you. Or even more simpler than that, he says, in a way, it's not about you, Moses. Moses would have never had on his own what it took to bring these people, God's people, out of the land of Egypt. He would have never had that on his own. And if Moses would have relied on what he had to offer God and what he would have had to offer to God's people, they would have still been in Egypt. We can't ever rely on what we have. And if we sit and we ponder on what we have and what we can offer, we'll stay in our place. We'll stay in the place that we are and we'll never advance with God and we'll stay in our battles. In fact, if we read on, Moses asked, verse 13, Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your father has sent you to me, sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I want you to notice that God did not instruct Moses to proclaim that he, he's so mighty, that God called him because he's so wonderful, that he's been such a great follower of God, that he called him out to pull the Israelites out of Egypt. That's not what God instructed him to say. He instructed him, the I am pulled them out of Egypt. And the I am is going to be who pulls you out of your situation. The I am is who can push you into that next calling and who can help you through this transition. It's not about you. It's not about what you have to offer. It's not about your education. It's not about your age. It's not about your qualities and if you're quiet, if you're outgoing, if you're all these things. It's not about you. It's never about the person God called. Never. It was never about that. You can look at more and more stories. It was never about the person God called. And I'm thinking, out of all the I can'ts in our lives, how many of them are actually cans? I'm thinking all the times we say I can't, we, we can't, but God can. So many times I think when we say I can't, we're actually saying I won't. Because what we're actually doing is we're writing off God's power when we say, I can't. Because we can't, but with God, he can. We're just saying, I won't. Because when we say, I can't, we have to remember it's not about you. It was never about you. In Jeremiah, when he talks about, I knew you in your mother's womb, sure, he chose you when he picked you for that calling. He picked you to go through this storm. He did pick you. It was about you because he knew you could withstand it because he knew he was going to be there with you. It was never about you. Maybe you can't get through this troubling time, but God can. And there's so much peace in that. And this is what I mean when I say you should be able to breathe a little bit lighter this morning if you can wrap your head around this idea that it's not about you. 
this is what I mean about, I'm not saying this in a harsh way, but God's not thinking about your every fear, your every, every worry, your every stress. He's thinking about all those things, but he wants you to realize this morning that it's not about you. It's about everything that he can pull you through with his strength. And if you can wrap your head around that, you can leave here this morning feeling more free and lighter because you can know it doesn't have to be about me. If we can change that phrase that it doesn't have to be about me. I don't have to walk out of here this morning thinking about what I have to go accomplish. I don't have to walk out of here thinking about what I have to tackle because it's not about me. It's about what God's going to take care of for me. But you have to surrender to him so he can do that. So this morning, if you'll stand with me. I want to encourage you to think about all of your situations, whether it's that storm that you feel like you can't handle on your own, or it's that calling God's pushing you into and you say, I just can't do it because I'm not equipped, or it's this crazy transition in your life and you feel like the ground below you is crumbling. I want you to look at that situation in a whole new light and realize it's not about you. And you don't have to be in charge of it. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you for being ever, ever powerful and relevant in our lives in a, in a way that you take every care and you take every fear, every stress, every feeling into consideration, God. You don't let one tear drop, God, without thinking about it and considering all of our feelings. But God, you do this in a way that you take every load, God. You take our load off and you carry it for us, Jesus. And you say, it's not about you. It's not about what you have to offer. It's not about what you have to give. It's not about your strength. It's not about your qualifications. It's not about what you're equipped with, but it's about everything that I have to offer you. It's about the strength that I have to give you. It's about the burden I have to carry for you. It's about the peace and joy I have to pour into you. And it's about everything and all the love that I have to give you. And God, I pray that you give your people peace and trade that out, God, for all the burdens. And that you would just give courage this morning for us to, to walk into the callings that you've put onto our lives, God. God, any fear that's held us back from callings to change the kingdom, God, I pray that you would instill that courage in the name of Jesus, God. God, anything that you've just held us back from, God, battles that you've kept us in or you've, we've kept ourselves in, God, because we've been afraid, because we thought we didn't deserve to come out of it. God, I speak against that in the name of Jesus, because it's not about us. It's all about you, Lord. 
God, we claim that in the name of Jesus. It's all about you in this house this morning for all of your children here in this place. God, I pray that we would find peace in you this morning and that we would walk out of here lighter and freer because we know it's not about us. It's all about you, Father, and everything that you have to offer in the name of Jesus, God. Let's worship this morning.